Matthew Stafford is absolutely a top 100 player in the NFL. The disrespect needs to stop. We got an update from Rams minicamp. That's coming up on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, covering your two-time Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you want to check out the video version of the show, check us out over on YouTube. Join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and also let us know, do you feel like Matthew Stafford is being disrespected, and will he finish his career in LA? My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. But now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. He's entering his eighth year covering the team. The Matthew Stafford and my stats invented, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers. Trav, we got some QB talk today. The U.S. Open this week. I don't know if you saw Matthew Stafford. He was there in the mix. Did oh, you get a oh, glimpse yeah. of those teeth? Did those things <laughs> glow in the dark, my man? Well, I did get more than one something about Mary memes sent to me about uh, Matthew Stafford's teeth. Look, he spent some time in the dental chair. He, they're they're very bright. They're very clean. They're very new. And uh, he broke them out at the U.S. Open. Why not? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. It looked like he went to the same dentist as Stanley Ipkiss in the mask, man. I mean, those <laughs> things were shining. Give me some Freddie Freeman vibes. But, hey, man, you got the money. Do it. So let's talk about Matthew Stafford because first thing I want to get into today, Travis, is we got this CBS Top 100 list. And I don't know yeah. how much weight this carries with you. It's not like the definitive end-all, be-all list. But if you look at a lot of lists this offseason, you don't have Matthew Stafford as a top quarterback. And they did right. not include him in this Top 100 list. And I think he was absolutely snubbed I think there's no question about it that when healthy he is a hundred percent a top 100 player in this league yeah. and I look at the fact that yeah yes he did miss time last year you had the the spinal contusion he played just nine games ten touchdowns and eight interceptions but one the Rams were decimated by injuries their offensive line was historically bad they couldn't protect him and he was dealing with an injury himself lingering arm issues was he a hundred percent last year I have my doubts and we're just a year removed from him being a top five quarterback in this league in 2021 his first with the Rams, 41 touchdowns. That was second. 4,886 yards. That was third. A 69.2 QBR. That was fourth. 92.7 EPA. That was sixth. He also went on to win the Super Bowl. So we are not far off from him being an elite quarterback. And I think he was absolutely snubbed. I think he was disrespected. But what say you, Travis? I, look, I, I don't think that there's any question that Matthew Stafford is one of the 100 best players in this league. I think you'd have to be really trying to trying to make a point to leave him off of it yeah, to, to your point dmac he didn't have a good year last year he didn't play very much last year nobody on the rams had a good year last year so that this list was devoid of a lot of rams names is not a huge surprise but as opposed to thinking, okay well, we're gonna put this list together and this list together and this guy's gonna be on this one and this guy's gonna be that one and he's left off if you just said all right we're gonna put every player in the league in a draft and we're just going to start from scratch. Does Matthew Stafford get past pick 100? No. 
He doesn't. I mean, he's probably not past pick 50. He's probably not past pick 30. He's because the quarterback's the most important position on the field. He's not the 30th best quarterback in this league. I don't think that he cares. I don't think that the Rams care. I think that they know that if he's healthy and he's ready to go, not only is he one of the best quarterbacks or one of the best 100 players in the league, he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFC, and the Rams won a Super Bowl with him. They know what he's capable of. Exactly. And he's been the most productive, one of the most productive quarterbacks of the last decade and beyond that. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that when he's healthy, still has one of the best arms in the league. But when he's healthy, this guy produces. He puts up numbers. And look, the reality is he's as healthy as he's been in years. He's out there throwing lasers once again. He's not on a pitch count during OTAs and mini camp. And he's building rapport with his young receivers. So I think there's no reason why he shouldn't be on this list. I just don't understand the disrespect that he gets. If he's in a major market in the East Coast, if he's playing for the Cowboys, if he's playing for the Giants, he's playing for the Packers, any of those teams, there's no question that he's not getting overlooked at this point. Like I said, I just think it's a ridiculous reality that the fact you have Justin Fields on that list who put up 2,242 yards and he played in 15 games and Stafford played in nine games and throws 2,087 yards. So I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I just think that hopefully this fuels him. But look, to be fair, the Rams have two players on that list. You have Aaron Donald coming in at 10 and Cooper Cup at 26. I almost think that's a little low for those two. I do. I think that you can look at that. Look, I want these guys salty. I think that this is ultimately good for them. I think that the Rams are in this transition period where – They've gone from being a team that everybody thought very, very highly of. Everybody thought that they were going to win the division. Everybody thought that they were going to compete in the playoffs. Everybody thought that they had a chance to win a Super Bowl. And this is over the last four, five, six years. To this year, everybody, it seems, is writing them off. Now, look, there may be a good reason for that. They may not have as much talent as they've had in previous years, but... Give me an Aaron Aaron Donald who's highly motivated. Give me a Cooper Cup who's highly motivated. And in, and with regard to Matthew Stafford in particular, and going back to what you're talking about with Justin Fields, go ask the players in the league. Hey, we got to go win this Sunday. Do you want Justin Fields or Matthew Stafford at their best? And I don't think you're going to hear a lot of people call Justin Fields' name. Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. He's a better than a good quarterback when everything is working the way that it's supposed to. I think that he's going to have a really nice bounce-back season. And the more disrespect that can get piled on these guys, I think ultimately that's better for them going into this because that's a new lane for this group. Yeah, and it feels like they're fueled by that. I think it feels like they're fueled by the narrative that this team isn't going to do much, that they're not going to win very many games and make a playoff push. And I think if you're Matthew Stafford, you live for this. You live for the fact that you're behind Kenny Pickett and Justin Fields as the 19th best odds to win the MVP. I mean, that to me is a little ridiculous. I mean, we're not that far removed from this guy leading this team to a Super Bowl victory. And I think he's in a great position to go out there and just have a lot of success. I think this is definitely burns in him. I think that he looks at his time in Detroit, he was always disrespected. He was always a guy that, hey, he was a great player on a bad team, put a big video game numbers on a team that didn't make the playoffs. So he's played with that chip on his shoulder his whole entire career. And I think that's something that's going to like burn in him for the remainder of his career and help him have a lot of success. Well, you, you look at when his time in Detroit and it was always looked at, oh, he's really good. He's just on a bad team. And then you put him on a really good team. And what happened? They won right away. They won the Super Bowl in the very first season. They were right about him being a really good player on a very bad team. Now he was a really good player on a really good team. Well, now he's a really good player on a team that we're not quite sure what it's going to be. I don't think that the Rams are going to sink or swim based on what Matthew Stafford does. If you give him a little bit of time, if you give him some weapons, 
He's going to do work. He did it in Detroit. He's done it here in Los Angeles. This is just a result of having a bad season. This is a result of everybody kind of recalibrating and deciding, oh, the Rams are going to be terrible this year. Look, they might be, but they're not going to be terrible because Matthew Stafford is terrible. They might be terrible because they don't have enough good players everywhere but at quarterback, wide receiver, and defensive tackle. That's a real possibility, but that doesn't mean that Matthew Stafford's not a good, high-level, very, very highly sought-after NFL quarterback because he is. Exactly. And I like what you said earlier, too. If you're going to actually pick these players and have a draft, he's going to be a top 30 player pick because we yes. know quarterback, of course, it's a premium position. It's a quarterback's league. But also, too, I think when you look at these lists, it's like, do these guys not look back and look at the factors why a player didn't have success? In 2021, you have the weapons, you have the offensive line. He puts together an elite season. 2022, offensive line is atrocious, historically hit by injuries. The receivers go down, lose Cooper Cup, and he gets injured himself he was absolutely abused last year so yeah. if i'm making this list i'm looking back and i'm saying hey this is a guy that when he's at his best he's one of the best in the league and if i'm sean mcveigh travis you know what i do remember what kobe bryant did after he won the gold medal against spain and they come back the very next year and kobe leaves the gold medal in Powell's locker i think that <laughs> sean mcveigh should take all these lists all these rankings all these odds just put that in matthew stafford's locker just to motivate him and have him even more fired up heading into this season what do you think about that yeah i, I look any, anything that it comes from motivation on the kobe bryant angle i think it's probably going to work out pretty well he seemed to know how to push those buttons about as better uh than anybody i've ever seen but i'll just go back to this one last time look Matthew Stafford was finally given a team and they won the Super Bowl. And not because I want to back up a little bit further than that. Jared Goff, and this is not an anti Jared Goff thing coming. Jared Goff was one of the guys on a Sean McVay team that was going to the Super Bowl. The Rams won the Super Bowl because of Matthew Stafford. Without him, they do not win against New England, or excuse me, against Cincinnati. Without him, they do not beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Without him, they do not beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round. This was a team that needed somebody different, somebody special, somebody unique at quarterback, and they had it, and they still have it with Matthew Stafford. All facts, Travis. Yeah, him being left out of a top 100 list is like his dentist being left out of a top 100 dentist list. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But coming up here in our next segment, what does the future look like for Matthew Stafford and the Rams? How much longer will he be under center for L.A.? We're going to take a look at that next here on Locked on Rams. All right, before we do that, D-Mac, let's talk a little bit about how baseball season and you and I are both huge baseball fans. It is in full swing. And right now, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. For instance, you can go look and see some futures on the Dodgers. Are they really going to finish in third place? Are they going to get back at the top of the division? Are they going to beat the Angels in the freeway series, which starts a later tonight. So all of this stuff is available to you at FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner 
of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Go over to their fan. We'll put the app on your phone. Get started. Go look at some of those Dodgers bets and, you know, be be careful out there. The Dodgers are doing some stuff. Hey, yeah, exactly. That's what I said in mine the other day. Don't bet on this Dodgers bullpen, right, Travis? No. You should bet on whether or not Alex Vezia will be on another team before the end of the season. I like those odds. And that's what I was saying. When Mookie said that he was going to be in the home run derby, I was saying, hey, he, he should have Alex Vesia be his, be his uh, pitcher there in the home run derby. He'll definitely Why win not? it. But Why welcome not? back to Lockdown Rams. We're off and running here on Lockdown Rams. Thanks for making Lockdown Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And just a reminder, we're over on YouTube as well. So if you want to check out the video version of the show, join the party, hit that subscribe button, and let us know. What do you think Matthew Stafford's future with the Rams looks like? Let us know. And here in our segment, segment Travis, we're talking about the future of Matthew Stafford because he signed through 2026 his 31 million dollars in 2024 of course it's fully guaranteed he's 35 years old he's not thinking retirement and if he's good if he's healthy he's going to continue playing now the Rams they're going to have him for at least the next two years the dead cap on Stafford's contract is a little more manageable after the 2024 and 2025 seasons but Travis this is a guy who's under contract through 2026 do you think he plays out this full contract with the Rams I think that there's a chance that he could. I also think that there's a chance that, you know, depending on how this season or maybe the season after that goes, the Rams may decide that it's time to try something different. I think that they've got themselves a little bit of a two-way go here, right? If, if this Rams team is better than I think a lot of people think it's going to be, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'll own it. I, I think that this is a team that's going to struggle to win a bunch of games this year. But if they are, and they are a team that can find a way to contend for a playoff spot, to get into the playoff spots, then you got your guy. We, we Like we just talked about a second ago, you have a quarterback that's going to work for you in the NFL, in the postseason, in the biggest moments. He knows how to do those things. If it goes the other way, I think that you have some ways, and to your point about the cap and everything, you know, maybe you keep him around in a mentor role for that first year. Maybe you have whoever your quarterback of the future is come in and watch for a year. I know that there's two different ways to do that. Just throw him right into the fire and get him started, and then the let's watch a pro do it for a while and kind of ease him in. I don't know if he'd be interested in that role or not, but I think he'd be pretty good at it if it's something that he wanted to do. I think they're in a pretty good spot with him. I, I think that... You know, I, I guess there's another way to look at this too, DMAC. Can you tell me what you think about this? But I, I, if you said to me, go to our fans at FanDuel, right, and say place a futures bet on whether or not Matthew Stafford wears another uniform before the end of his career, yeah, I think he probably does. I think that Matthew Stafford is probably on another team before it's all said and done. Now, when the end is, is probably a, a more difficult uh, question to answer. But I don't know if he ends his career as a Ram but I know that he's going to be the Rams quarterback for a while moving forward because he's still a very, very good player. Yeah, I think my read on the situation and just how I feel my heart of hearts is that they feel that Stafford can still win a Super Bowl or two in his career with the Rams. Sure. They still feel like this is a guy that still has it in him to be competitive. But I think the questions are fair. I think there's a lot of fair questions. Does he have lingering throwing problems with his arm? With last year, of course, he had the pitch count. He had the elbow issues. Is he back to being 100% healthy? Is that what he's going to be looking for? If you protect him, is he going to have any issues? If the answer is no, I think they like him under center moving forward 
and they can add guys next year when you have cap space, when you have that first round pick back, and you can do a quick reload and go after the Super yep. Bowl once again. This season, I think it's just about making this Rams team competitive. I think a successful year this year could be 10 wins, right? Not just a Super Bowl where in 2021 For it was sure. Super Bowl or bust, right? That was a failure if they didn't win at all. This year, if he keeps this team competitive, if he mentors the young guys, instills the culture, is still putting up numbers offensively, I don't see or anticipate them moving off of Stafford at any point. Look, you're, look this, is, this is a league where you can still have success at the quarterback position when you're 40-41. Just ask Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Does he want to be one of those guys or is he going to be a guy that says, hey, I want to ride after the sunset after a successful season? I think he almost wants to be an Aaron Rodgers type where you have just another late run. He's a competitor. He is a high-level NFL football player. This is a guy that's played through all sorts of injuries. This is a guy that is considered one of the tougher quarterbacks in this league. He's going to play as long as he can, as long as he's physically able to do it. I think you brought up a really good point uh, earlier there, Doug, which is let's see what he looks like this season because at this point a year ago, all we're hearing about is – yeah, his arm's okay. You know, we're going to give him some time, you know, not to throw during OTAs. We're going to take it really easy in camp. We're not going to – then it was all very obvious when you would read between the lines that he's not right. His arm is not right. He's not ready to go back and do this. We saw it towards the end of the, the Super Bowl run where there were some moments where it's like, is he okay? And then it would almost take him like a – almost like a pitcher to warm up enough to where, oh, okay, there it is. That's the guy that we've been expecting. None of that has been talked about this year. All of this year, all of this camp, all of the players that he's been working with say that the ball's coming out of his hand like Matthew Stafford again, that he looks like himself, that there aren't too many throws on a football field that he can't make. We saw that during the Super Bowl run. If he's healthy, he's going to be great. If he's not, that's the that's the wild card that nobody can quite wrap your head around. What, what does his body feel like? Um, how much more punishment does he want to put that body through? Only he can answer that question. But if his arm is healthy, he's going to have a, he's going to have many, many more years in this league because he can still make all the throws and he's really smart. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's really about his game in general and the style of play he has. As long as he can make the throws, this is a guy that. Yeah. His best skill set is this guy has one of the best arms in the league. He can throw the deep ball. He throws lasers and the no-look passes. And to me, as long as he doesn't lose his fastball, he's still going to be able to help teams in this league. I don't know if he's going to be like a Nolan Ryan that's still throwing 100 miles per hour when he's like 55 or whatever it may be. But I still feel like he can have a lot of success. I mean, you Matt Ryan, he was playing. And, of course, he's still having success at 38. Stetson yep. Bennett, he started his career at 35. And <laughs> Matthew Stafford's 35 now. So I don't think there's any reason why he can't continue this. And also, too, I think another factor is his run for the Hall of Fame. We're going to quickly touch on that because I don't know if he's a complete slam dunk Hall of Fame lock right now. But if you look at his numbers, his statistics are inflated in the last 10 to 15 years with the offenses just exploding. But, I mean, over 52,000 yards, that's 11. That's ahead of Elway and Moon, exactly 52,082 yards. 333 touchdowns, that's 12. That's ahead of Elway, Moon, Montana, United's. There's zero first-team All-Pros, has one Pro Bowl selection. But where do you think he stands right now as far as his Hall of Fame status, Trav? So I, I kind of have an own, my own way of looking at this, DMAC. And to your point about the numbers, sure. Then, then you know, if you've thrown for more yards than Warren Moon, then you should be in the Hall of Fame because Warren Moon was awesome and lit it up and did all of these things. I, I understand that argument. I understand that he's a Super Bowl champion. And like we talked about, they don't win it without him. I know that he's been... Uh, a part of some very good teams along the way. Here, here's my rub, and this is the case against him. Now, the, and, and I'll finish the thought here in a second. Was Matthew Stafford ever the best quarterback in the league? No. 
Was he ever one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league? Probably not, right? Now, when you get into that four, five, six range, yeah, he is. Was a guy that was in the four, five, six range of Hall of Fame caliber? I don't know. Not to me, it isn't. Like, when you look at certain guys, if, if the answer isn't, oh, yeah, of course he is, then I don't think Aaron Donald, of course he is. Patrick Mahomes, of course he is. There are just some guys that you look at and say, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Put that guy in right away and keep it moving from there. Matthew Stafford's case is going to be based on statistics. It's going to be based on narrative. It's going to be based on the fact that he was accessible, that people really do like him, and that works in your favor when it comes to these things. Uh when they go into those meetings of the Super Bowl week and decide who comes out of it the other side, it's never really made a lot of sense to me. Some guys that I thought were slam dunks are still waiting. Some guys that I didn't think would get in got right in. Uh, I think his case is going to be an interesting one. If I had to place a bet, I would think he just misses. Yeah, look, I think you bring up some excellent points in that. There really is no time period where we said, okay, he's the best quarterback in the league. Right. But the same token, there's really no exact criteria when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And I do think statistically, if I'm a Hall of Fame voter, I'm looking at this and saying, hey, he's the fastest player to 20,000, 25,000, 30,000, 35,000, 40,000, 45,000 yards in NFL history. And also he capped it off with a Super Bowl victory in his prime. So I look and say, hey, if he wasn't on the Lions, maybe he's a great player on a better team that's yep. still putting up really good numbers. Good and also case. look at the fact that in the Super Bowl, I mean, there's not that many cases where you lead your team to a Super Bowl winning drive and you don't win the Super Bowl MVP. Of course, there's Ben Roethlisberger to San Antonio Holmes and Holmes wins that MVP. But if you look at Mahomes' Super Bowl MVP, he goes 26 for 42 for 286 yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns. And Stafford didn't win the MVP and goes 26 for 40 for 283 yards and two and uh, two interceptions, neither his fault, and the three touchdowns. So, I mean, look, I think it's the narrative thing, but I think that the good thing here is he's close enough where two or three more really good seasons, a few more deep playoff runs, I think you start to say, yeah, this guy has done enough to get the call to the hall, and I think ends up in Canton. I, I think it would be great if he got in. I, it's not one of these. What are they doing here? This is not a uh, you know a, a, a baseball thing where you just stack up a bunch of stats over 20 years. You were really good for a very long time, as opposed to having these very high peaks. If he got in, I have no problem with it at all. I just think that these places should be wildly exclusive, wildly exclusive. You're this a small hall guy. Yeah, that these should this should be for John Elway and Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Those who should be that, that those are the guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, not guys that were really good for long periods of time. Okay, I, I feel you. I mean, I mean, even those guys, if they were on the Lions, would they be able to have success? I think they probably question. have a losing record themselves yeah. with all their fans having bags over their faces, brown paper <laughs> bags. But I will say, if you look at the picture of him holding the Super Bowl trophy, he's absolutely in the Hall of Fame of multitasking. He's holding a beer, a cigar, a cell phone, a trophy, a kid in one hand. He's a Hall of Famer for that. But coming up, Travis, yeah. here in our last segment, we're talking about some early cuts and what they mean. And should the Rams pursue signing a veteran kicker? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. <laughs> Welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And also a special shout out to our everyday listeners who rock with us every single day. We appreciate you. And you can be an everyday or two. Join the club. Just listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And also check us out over on YouTube. We're getting close to 7,000 subscribers. So check us out over there if you want to check out the video version of the show. Now, Travis, here in our final segment, we're talking about some early cuts here. Yep. And a couple of players who were early mini can cuts where you got uh, defensive back Colin Duncan and kicker Christopher Dunn. So if you look at Colin Duncan, I think there was a pretty decent shot that 
he wasn't going to make this team. He wasn't a guy that you thought would make it. And I think you look at the depth of the cornerback position. They're trying out some guys. You got a lot of rookies, a lot of young players. And I like the fact that Aubrey Pleasant and company, they're making these decisions early. I think it kind of speaks to the direction they're taking in that, hey, we're going to try to identify guys who can help us. And if not, we're going to kind of move on. Yeah, look, this time of year and with the amount of players that you have in your on your roster, in your camps, in your organization, I think that there are going to be some guys that just kind of stand out in the wrong way, unfortunately, which is, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work, right? That there are some guys that maybe are thinking, oh, wow, this is maybe a little better than we thought. This is maybe somebody that we can develop. This is somebody that let me see that again. Let me see that again. Put him out there again. Let me see him do this. Can he do that? And then there are some guys, unfortunately, that just say, yeah, no, that's not going to work. That we we what we need him to do, that's not working out for him. And you can move on and pretty good. It doesn't mean it won't work out for him somewhere else. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily a bad football player, but just for what you want done in your program and your schematics, uh, it doesn't work for you. And I think when you're starting to see things like that at this time of year, that's almost always what it is. Yeah, just quick and decisive, just move on. The other one I think is actually a little more interesting is the fact that you basically have one kicker now. And does yeah. that mean that Oklahoma State kicker Tanner Brown has won the job? I mean, really no competition at that point. I mean, you look at the fact that the Rams, they've had a lot of great kickers in recent years. But yeah. I think if you're really serious about winning this season, I mean, do you really want to go in with a rookie kicker like they did with Sam Sloman back in 2020? Or do you want to go out there and maybe sign a veteran? Maybe a guy who gets cut, an XFL guy. I mean, there's kickers that you can find on the open market you think they should go that route because i think they absolutely should kickers are relief pitchers right there's not a ton of connectivity from one year to the next you can be lights out one year and then all of a sudden you lose it and you can't do anything and you go to a new place and you're a new guy all over a sudden all over again you, you brought up a good point the rams have been very good at this position for a very long period of time going back to greg the leg right greg zerline he was really good with the Rams. Cowboys gave a big deal. He wasn't good for the Cowboys at all. The Rams struggle a little bit to find that next guy, you know, who can forget uh, kicking Sam Ficken or whatever that guy's name was. He was dreadful. He's been okay in some other places. They land on Matt Gay after a little bit of a battle. He come, becomes a pro bowler. You just, it's a weird, weird position. When you find a guy that can make kicks, you hold on to him. When you find a guy that's struggling, you move off of him as quickly as you can and try to bring in that next guy because you never know who's going to stick. The guy they have right now, yeah, it, it's his job right up until he misses a kick or two. And then there's going to be a line up at Thousand Oaks at Kalu with guys getting ready to try to take his gig. Somebody makes a couple in practice. It's their gig. It's the most volatile position on the field, but you got to have a good one. And we'll see. And until you have to make a kick in a game with the clock running down that actually matters, no one knows anything. Exactly. I was just going to say that. It's tough to really evaluate these guys when you're making kicks with no game action. You don't have to yeah. worry about guys blocking kicks. And also the pressure really yeah. is the biggest factor really in my eyes. But yeah, Legatron, by the way, one of the best nicknames ever for a kicker. But one name I want to bring up is Brett Maher, who's out there on, on the streets. And we got to talk you about him. I mean, He's available. Yeah. Is he? <laughs> I mean, glad. when it comes to... Uh, you know, the biggest rivalry in sports last year was the goalpost and, the, and uh, of course, kicks from, from Mahar. But if you look at it, he goes 29 for 32 on field goal attempts, 9 for 11 on field goal attempts, 50 or 50 yards or longer. So there definitely was some success there. I think he brings that veteran savvy. I think that a change of scenery would do him well. The pressure the Dallas Cowboys, of course, can be immense at times. But, yeah, he's the guy that, look, yes, of course, fans here remember him from that incident where he missed four straight 
extra points in. Troy Aikman was like, they might be looking for a kicker next week and, <laughs> and put him on blast. But do you like the idea of possibly going after him? Sure. I mean, there's there's no there's no downside. Bring him in if he makes kicks, great. If you know he's still got the yips or whatever it is that we're calling it when the kicker gets it, then move on to the next guy. There, there's very little downside to trying these guys. They, that once you're in the once you've proven you can make some kicks, and Maher has, even after you miss a few, somebody else is gonna be ah, oh, we can fix that, or maybe just like to your point, we need to change the scenery, whatever it is. I don't. I, I understand. It was it was one of those things you're kind of watching it through your fingers along the way. Like, is this guy really gonna miss another one? And sure as you know what, he kept missing them over and over again. Um, I'd be holding my breath for a while, but yeah, bring him in, see what happens. I, I there there really is nobody in that position that I wouldn't at least take a look at. Yeah, and I love the baseball analogies. Like when a pitcher can't throw strikes anymore, like half the Dodgers bullpen at the moment, right? I mean, it's like that. But also remind me too is like when you're playing with you're playing Madden, you let your little brother kick the point afters, and <laughs> they miss badly. It was kind of like similar to that. But yeah, everyone's gonna know him for that. He's infamous for the four consecutive oh. missed point afters in the postseason. But I still think I like the idea of the Rams going after a veteran kicker. I think that if you really are serious about making a deep run, you definitely want that guy in there. And like you said, you really have nothing to lose at that point no. kickers are valuable in this league they're incredibly valuable if you don't have a good one you're putting yourself into such a narrow you you can't escape right the, the way you escape with some wins is you get the ball back you drive it to the 40 yard line you kick a 55 yard field goal you win they, you have to have an escape hatch occasionally you're not always going to have a touchdown lead you're not always going to have enough time to drive the ball the length of the field you're going to have to find a way to steal a game or two and it's going to have to be with a 50 yard plus field goal here or there and if your guy is flipping coins back there and it's a 50 50 shot it doesn't work. You have to have that guy. It doesn't have to be a name we all know, but it has to be a guy that can make those kicks. I agree for sure. Go out there, explore some kicker options, but that's going to do it here on this episode of Locked On Rams. And let us know if you think the Rams should go out there and pursue a veteran kicker. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams house?